0: In this you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed though you have not seen him you love him even though you do not see him now you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the goal of your faith the salvation of your soul that's from 1 Peter chapter 1 and welcome friends to the ransomed heart podcast Stacy and I are in the studio today to try and bring some things to our dear friends and allies that have been on our hearts for some time. And in the context of what's the goal? What's the goal of our faith? And what's this place of suffering and trial? And what about breakthrough? And what about healing? And of course, those of you who have been tracking it all with Ransomed Heart in the last six months and in the last several years know that our dear friend Craig has been going through a heinous battle with cancer. And he and Lori uh, have gone through enormous amounts of suffering. And that has surfaced a lot of things in our community. It's surfaced not just love and concern. It's surfaced hurt and sorrow and fear and anxiousness. It's also surfaced a lot of varying opinions on healing and suffering. And Stace and I were talking about this the other night. We knew that this podcast recording was coming up and we were sitting in our home the other night and we got pretty fiery. (laughs) We got going between the two of us and We're going to try and bring you back into that conversation, just trying to address some of the issues that we were raising the other night.
1: Right. It has raised so many issues, John, so many issues that are core to our faith, really important stuff to grow in, to wrestle with, and to continue to wrestle with and grow in because our doctrine is always being perfected. And it's important. It's important to get this so, you know— Our prayers aren't being answered. What about that? Or someone is still suffering. They're not being healed. What's going on? And, oh, this teaching that's going on about the Lord's Prayer. And I love the Lord's Prayer. And who doesn't want to pray that? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm wondering, can we safely really assume that the will of God is the same for everybody who is on earth as it is for those that are in heaven?
0: Right. Exactly. Like, how much of that do
1: you get? Right. Nobody dies in heaven. There's no pain or sorrow in heaven. But people in heaven have already been perfected. And here, we're being sanctified. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. And right. What's God's posture towards suffering? Some dear-hearted, well-meaning people Wanting to say, and I think in an effort to offer hope and to offer confidence in praying, wanting to say things like, there is no suffering, or there is no suffering for the believer, or that's not God's will. You see how quickly this all gets tangled up.
1: Or it's always God's will to heal every single person, the physical suffering.
0: Or statements like, Jesus healed everyone who came to him. Therefore, it's always his will to heal. And see, what we're pointing out is like that's theology. Like you're making deep, deep theological assumptions about the world, God, the saints, the purpose of this life. And we just want to help you all think through that with us. We kind right. of want to think through it out loud ourselves in a conversation. And and we want to include you in that conversation because this isn't theory.
1: Right. And I can feel even though like little tremors going through people's body as they hear that, like, you're messing with me. What are you doing? And I think it's important, John, that we say right off the bat that what is uncontestable, immovable is that God is good. So we're speaking from this. God is good. His will is good. His It's all true. Abundant life. It's all him. So from that posture... There's different camps, you know. There's this whole spectrum. There's this one on this one side that says he doesn't move at all. The Holy Spirit's done. It's in the Word. Yeah, there's no was, healing. That was
0: all yesterday.
1: Yeah. And then – I'm not there, by the way. And then there's this – on the far, this other side that says it's – he heals everybody. It's always his intention. So basically something's wrong with you if you're not being healed. Like Exactly. Can we talk yeah. about that?
0: Yeah. So – Here's what we want to do, gang. We're pushing into things that are so tender to people's hearts, people who are suffering, people who have loved ones who are suffering, people who are wanting to learn how to pray for healing, people who want to understand how much breakthrough we can look for, all of that. Like this is core stuff. We understand. And so we want to enter into this lovingly and gently. So we're going to take this a piece at a time. And maybe through... Clarifying several core ideas, we can then answer some of these questions. So, Han, I think what we were talking about the other night, what is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of life right now at this age, at this moment on this planet? Like, I think if we can begin to bring a little clarity to that
1: for the believer?
0: For the believer. What's the purpose of life? What's
1: the goal of your life? What's your life supposed to really be about? In Fundamentally Christ? about. Really important.
0: That's why I started the introduction of the podcast with that passage from First Peter chapter one. And he's talking about greatly rejoicing, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. And he seems to be making this assumption that it is for the testing and the purifying of your faith, which is worth more than gold, so that it may result in praise, glory, honor when Jesus returns. And he says, you love him. You believe in him. You're filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. And then here was the phrase that really threw me. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I don't know that that's the goal of most people's faith.
1: The salvation of their souls.
0: To be honest, I think if we're really honest and candid, if we're just brutally fair with, I think the goal of our faith is a good life.
1: So things will work out. Yeah. Come on.
0: Right. The goal of our faith, you know, and all that at that point, Comprises like learning how to pray, learning how to walk with Jesus, operating in the fullness, quote, of the kingdom. You know, I think the goal of that for most of us, frankly, is so that we have a good life here and now.
1: Okay. Again, pushing against it. We're not saying that having a good life here and now is a bad thing. We're saying, what is the goal? What is the ultimate, highest thing that God is after for our lives, the purpose for our lives?
0: Exactly. And therefore, what did Jesus mean when he said, I've come that you may have abundant life? I mean, if you've been to any Ransom Heart event, like we love John 10, 10. Come like on, we, yeah. We quote it. We believe in it. Like we push into the quote more. We do yes. here. But what did Jesus mean by that? Because Peter's making an assumption That this joy and this hope and this steadfastness and stuff is all flowing out of – you have this goal, and the goal of your Christianity is not good life now.
1: Bigger house, a car that runs. Right. Come on. Better job. Someone to throw me a birthday party. Right. Yeah. These are desires, but we're in the West. We're in the West. We're the Western church and Western stuff, so – It's not like God doesn't want us to be happy. Of course he wants us to be happy. But is that the goal of our faith? Is the goal of our faith the salvation of our health, of our dance card list?
0: I know. It's tough, gang. It's tough because we believe in breakthrough and we believe in inner healing. We believe in physical healing. Yes. We we see God do it. But what's gotten tangled up here? is what do we really think the purpose of this life is? Because I just have some dear friends who are really mad at God right now. They're mad at God because their life is not working out. And that anger, it exposes what your goal is.
1: The abundant life that Jesus promised. Can you expand on that?
0: Let me get there by a surprising turn. What is amazing to me is that The scripture talks a lot about reward. When Jesus is teaching in the Beatitudes, for example, and he's talking about, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. And you go, what? Nobody rejoices at that stuff, (laughs) right? People are gossiping about you. People are being mean to you. Oh, happy day. Right? Right? No one rejoices at that, but Jesus says, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. The scriptures actually talk a ton about reward. And Jesus says, if any one of you offers even a cup of cold water, right, to one of my Dear ones, surely he will not lose his reward. Mm. And the sheep and the goats, come you who are blessed of my Father. Mm. Take your reward.
1: Mm. store up your treasure in heaven. Right. Versus, all, the,
0: all this yeah. idea of reward. Yeah. Here's the deal. How many people have you heard talk about reward in the last 10 years?
1: <gasps> 10 years? If you went back 30, I could say I heard one sermon. It was awesome. But the last 10, Zero.
0: Gang, That's like holy moment of silence here. Gang, in the last 30 years, we have heard one message on reward. And in the last 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, I'm going bring it into last week. I have never, ever had a conversation with a Christian who was talking about the joy and the expectation and the eagerness of their. Coming reward, and what I want to point out is, you understand that the absence of that conversation, dialogue, hope—like it would come naturally when you're having coffee together, like it would come in prayer times, like you would hear it frequently in messages by teachers right. you love and Spur stuff. You on? Okay. The absence of that exposes our commitment to life now.
1: Yeah, the here and now. Really? And this isn't it.
0: We are really committed yeah. to life here and now. And it's very, very exposing. It actually was in a lecture by Larry Crabb 20-some years ago that I heard him use this First Peter passage. And he brought up the idea of the goal of your faith being the salvation of your soul. And we understand that salvation means more than just you know, by the hair of your chinny-chin-chin, chin, yeah. you made it into heaven. But, like, literally, you as a human being are everything that God meant you to be as you step into the kingdom mm. of God, right? Mm. The Wholeness and holiness and sanctification and purity. And, like, Larry was pointing out, as we are now, he's like, that's not why people come to Christian counselors. Oh. Like, that's not our goal. Like, we're not talking about reward anymore. Although the scriptures talk about it a lot. And in fact, Peter talks about it in this passage. He says, in order that your faith, refined by fire, may be proven genuine and may result in praise, glory, honor when Jesus is revealed. So again, reward. Like great is your reward. Rejoice and be glad. Great is your reward. Nobody talks about reward.
1: I think people, some, are having these conversations, but even just now, my heart's beginning to rise and burst within me. Like, yes, this is truth. I mean, thank goodness. I can almost feel my grip loosening and disentangling from my demand over this world working out, and I want it to. But on all the myriad of facets, like, oh, it's coming—the good that is coming—and I want that. I want that. Yeah. And I don't want to exchange for this temporal thing now, for the eternal weight of glory that's to come, I I want that to be my goal, the salvation of my soul, the reward in heaven, the goodness of being in the presence of Jesus and all that that will do and mean.
0: Pascal said that we have so magnified this present life by constant reflection on it and so minimized the coming life. By very little reflection on it, he said, We have made nothing of eternity and an eternity of nothing. Like, we just want to point out that the first step in this journey into how do we understand suffering, healing, breakthrough, thy kingdom come is what is the purpose of this current life that you are living in this current moment in time? What is the purpose of that? And I think that many of us, particularly in the West, have shifted to good life now. We don't talk about reward. And we do not have a theology of suffering. In fact, people have gone so far as to say, I reject that. They go, whoa. Like, what does that reveal about our convictions on what this life in this moment is about?
1: Okay, but. Just to clarify, and I know this is too long of a prologue, but David says, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That means on this side. Yep. And Jesus said, I have come that you may have abundant life and life to the full. And that means not just in the future, but I think what happens, John, is that we misunderstand what that means, what the goodness of God is, what it looks like, what that life is. So now can you come back to that? What is he saying with abundant life?
0: Yeah, the Greek word is zoe. And John ten 10, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly, zoe. And zoe is the life of the spirit. It is a spiritual power, sustenance, strength, energy, force. It is literally the radiant life of God given to us. And we are meant to have that.
1: And live in that, experience it, walk in it. You betcha. And that's good.
0: You are. And what's fascinating is the reason that you need that is because you're going to go through a great deal of trial and hardship in this life. You need Zoe, Mm -hmm, you need that mm -hmm. inextinguishable, powerful, glorious life of Jesus in you, right? Because of all these other passages. I mean, just going on in Peter. You know, he's talking about it's commendable if we bear up under the pain of unjust suffering because we're conscious of God, right? He goes on in chapter 4 to say, arm yourselves with the same attitude. Since Christ suffered in his body, be prepared that you will too. You need the, quote, abundant life, surging, energizing power of the resilient God in you because this world is brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. But here's what we've done there's just this very subconscious thing that we filled in the blanks. Abundant life means better job, more money. Abundant life means he's going to fix my marriage. Abundant life means we get that house we've been dreaming of. And I think all those things are good, by the way. And I think God does that a whole bunch. But what is the Goal.
1: What's the what, greater good?
0: What does he mean when he promises abundant life? It's clearly, it's clearly not nice little life, sweet little life.
1: Isn't it himself? Like himself. More and more of his life means that we get more of him. We know him then. We love him. We're enraptured with him, captured. We've then our gazes on him. And man, that changes everything.
0: Totally, totally. Yeah, Peter says, rid yourselves of all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. He's get rid of all that horrible stuff like newborn babes, crave spiritual milk so the bite may grow up in your salvation. And here's why he says, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. God is good. His life is good. His love is incredible. And the deal is, gang, that doesn't Equal, white picket fence, nice yard. Like, yes, we do enjoy his blessings. Yes. Right? But this offer of abundant life is clearly within the context of some pretty huge assumptions about suffering in the Scripture. In fact, in Philippians 3.10, Paul goes so far as to say, we share in the sufferings of Christ. We share in the sufferings of Christ and that there is an incredible honor and dignity to that. Now, I know, I know some people want to say, well, that's just persecution. Okay, (laughs) but that's not what you get in the scripture. I mean, you live in a world with disease, for example. I mean, there are germs and illnesses and the human body is so broken since the fall of man and the earth itself. And so that's just a reality that you live in. And if you get into this idea that God is going to spare you from all of that, all of it now, like completely, I think he gives us a lot of grace. But mostly he gives us himself. And if you kind of cling to this idea that, oh, well, suffering, that only refers to persecution. Like you can't
1: find that in the New Testament. Like that's not there. Can we come back around to what is the goal of life?
0: What is the goal of life?
1: And? It is not a happy little life, but is not the goal of life spiritual maturity, to grow up in Christ, holiness, to know him? Exactly,
0: exactly, right, right. So this is the mind blower here. It's in Hebrews 5, 7 and 8. It says, during the days of Jesus's life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became a source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Okay, now, if Jesus of Nazareth needed to learn certain lessons through suffering, that he needed to be, quote, perfected through his suffering, Do we really think we get to escape that? The goal of life, when it talks about the salvation of your soul, the goal of life is the holiness and the beauty and the maturity and the intimacy with God that results from you being tested. Like The goal is not happy little life because most people who have a happy little life don't turn to God. You know, if they're not interested and they're not already kind of walking with Jesus, like happy little life does not change people. It doesn't change their character. It doesn't deepen them in any way. We're going to get into this in the next session here. But what do you think the purpose of life is, friends? What does your behavior reveal that you think it is? What does your anger reveal that you think it is? Like, this is huge because as you begin to kind of re-examine what you really think the purpose of this current life is, it's going to help you understand healing and suffering. And so we're going to pause here, and we're going to pick this up next time. You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast with John and Stacy Eldridge talking about thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What does that mean? What can we look for in this life? suffering, healing, breakthrough, and this thing of, like, reward? Thanks for listening in.